Welcome to Central Moments again today. So glad to be with you. We are starting our journey through the Psalms. I'm calling it Summer with the Psalms. And uh, at least for this first week, we're going to take the first five Psalms in a row, and then we'll start skipping over some of the Psalms to get to other ones. And we're going to spend these next few weeks uh, spending uh, the heart of this summer in the Psalms. And the second Psalm is an amazing Psalm because it makes it all the way into the New Testament. It's true of some of the other Psalms as well, but this is a specifically powerful one. Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and his anointed one. Anointed is the word for Messiah. So the words anointed one, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. So now David starts out saying, why do the nations rage against the one God's anointed, against the Messiah? Well, this, this is the scripture passage that the New Testament church quotes the church in Jerusalem in a prayer meeting in Acts chapter 4. And they've now come under official threat from the religious leadership in Jerusalem that if they speak in the name of Jesus any longer, I mean, it's going to be lights out for them. I mean, severe repercussions. And so they call a prayer meeting. And they raised their voice. It said they lifted their voice in prayer in the middle of Acts 4 and said, Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. They quote out of Jeremiah. And then they quote word for word of the first two verses of Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's what they, that's what they quote. And then they name names. And they, in their prayer, name King Herod and Pontius Pilate, who are all a part of Jesus' trial the night before he's crucified. They name names. And they said, Herod and Pontius Pilate fulfilled the first two verses of Psalm 2, even though it was written a thousand years earlier. They name names and they said, God, and they go on to say, God, see, you said this would happen and we saw it with our own eyes. But, God got the upper hand. <laughs> and the Jesus that they killed, you rose from the dead three days later. For verse 4, if we go back to Psalm 2, it says, The one enthroned in heaven laughs, and the Lord scoffs at them. And Resurrection Sunday was God getting the last laugh. He said, Okay, Herod, Pontius Pilate, you representing the nations of the earth that seem to rage against my son, uh, you killed him, but I get the last laugh. I raised him from the dead. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger, terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. And then he goes on to talk about their very unique relationship, father to son, heavenly father to son, Jesus. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Now, King Herod and Pontius Pilate may have fulfilled the first two or three verses of Psalm 2, but Jesus fulfills the rest of it. And look where he goes, verse 8. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. 
and you will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Listen, the nations belong to the anointed one, Jesus, who, whose father has given Jesus all authority in heaven and earth. That's why we're giving our time and money away to reaching the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it anticipates the day where Jesus will come again and rule and reign the na- with the nations. Therefore, verse 10, you kings be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. And then this amazing injunction, kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. But blessed are all who take refuge in him. That little phrase, kiss the son, can also be translated, pay homage like you would pay homage to a king. And we're told in the Old Testament when Samuel anointed Saul to be the first king, he poured the anointing oil over him and he kissed him. And also in the Old Testament, um, the people of Israel were warned not to kiss the idols like the Baals of other nations. Or you could imagine even closer to our time, somebody kneeling and kissing the ring of a king or a queen. It's a way of paying homage, of saying, I'm serving you, kiss the son serve him because someday he is going to reign and rule everywhere. So Father, we say yes to your rule and your reign. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your coming was not a mistake, but that you did rise from the dead. And even though the nations raged against you, you are the triumphant one and you will someday rule all the nations. So help us get the gospel out while we have time. And may we today, in this day in our lives, may we make you the king. May we kiss the son. May we pay homage to Jesus today and worship you and serve you. In your name, amen.